from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is a Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swinging along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You bet. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. A good Tuesday evening to you. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pauley, a full two-hour program taking you till 8 o'clock tonight. It is Sports Open Line here on KMOX. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I was talking with esteemed sports producer Matt Pajeski earlier in the evening and it's kind of interesting because really this job, which I'm very thankful and happy to have, this job really changes. It's one job for one half of the year, and it's another job for another half of the year. So we just got done. This is our first show since the Cardinal season has come to an end. More on that in a moment. And we'll have some evenings where the show is cut short or we don't have it at all, kind of like yesterday with the Chiefs. Obviously, St. Louis University basketball is going to take up uh, a good uh, chunk of evening time uh, during the winter months. But we're on a lot. We have a lot of sports open lines, and we have a lot of full two-hour programs. So that's kind of the job now, right? Like, we're, we're here. We're doing this show. We're for the last six months, or for my case, the last three months, once I uh, got to town and came into this position. There were some sports open lines in there, but it was largely Cardinals pre and post. So the job kind of shifts, and I like that. It's, uh, it's something a little different. I've This is not a shot at people who have the jobs where you show up to an office every morning and your days always kind of look similar. You get there at the same time, you leave at the same time, and not a whole lot is different from one day to the next. Like For some people, that's exactly what they want, and I'm happy for you if that's you. That is not how I am wired. It just isn't. I cannot imagine that. So I like having things a little bit different on a day-in, day-out basis. We didn't have the show yesterday. Yesterday would have been the first day that we would have been doing a show since the Cardinal season ended. So here we are on a Tuesday. Uh, a good chunk of time has passed since Saturday night when the Cardinal season ended. So as I was putting together what I wanted to talk about on this show today, I was trying to, how much really Cardinals postmortem can we do? How, what's, what is appropriate when we're this far released from the season officially coming to an end. And gratuitous plug, by the way, because I'm all about uh, promoting things in a gratuitous fashion. Uh, we have a uh, we have a, car, a an exclusive podcast that's Cardinals-related. It's called CardsCast. And a lot of what, if you go to KMOX.com, if you go to the Odyssey app, and you go to the Cardinals Conversations uh, podcast feed, a lot of what is on there is stuff that happens on air here at KMOX, and then we post it on that podcast feed. Well, I do something called CardsCast, and it is exclusive to the podcast feed. It's not something that airs here on KMOX. And uh, yesterday, with us not having a sports open line, it was a great opportunity to sit down and kind of do a full breakdown of what the heck happened. What in the world happened? And... That's what we did. Um, that's what we did. So you can find that if you want to, and uh, encourage you to always be uh, checking out that podcast feed. 
it to me and like it's we're all looking for answers. We're all looking for answers on why the Cardinal season came to an end. And if you haven't seen, the Phillies have yet to lose a playoff game. They win today in Atlanta. They hold on. They win 7-6. They were up big. Atlanta made a little bit of a run late, but Philadelphia was able to, to get the lead. So the Phillies are now 3-0. and That doesn't really shock me, to be perfectly honest. Like One of the, one of the big drawbacks of this playoff format, where the top two seeds in the American League and the National League uh, don't play for five days, is just the fact that you go into a, a series where one team, the home team, the team that's better, has just had five days off, which you're not supposed to have in the middle of a baseball season, and you've got another team that was just playing. So it doesn't shock me that Philadelphia won that game. It doesn't shock me that right now in the bottom of the ninth, Seattle is leading Houston 7-5. That being said, a uh, little bit of noise being made by the Astros. They've got a couple on. So this game, uh, there's two outs, but I believe there's two on. They're, they're still alive. Uh, so that, that game's not quite over. We'll see what happens with the Dodgers and the Padres tonight. We'll see what happens with the Yankees and the Guardians tonight. But I do think that at least early on in these division series, there is an advantage to the teams that just got done playing in the wild card series because it's a team with one or two days rest versus a team with five days rest. Sometimes too much rest is a thing in baseball. And I would that would make if I was a major league manager, that would make me so uncomfortable. Like I'd want to be a top two seed. I'd want to avoid the wild card series, but I also wouldn't want to be playing a team where they've been playing and I haven't played in a while. Like it's it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't kind of situation. And really, a best of three series, it's still random. It's still so random. And to me, that's what happened with the Cardinals. Like one one of the things I have been trying to grasp really get my hands around. Like what what happened that's real? What happened that has significance? What happened that needs to be reacted to versus what happened that's just random? Paul Goldschmidt going into a horrible slump at the worst possible time. That's random. Nolan Arnato hitting the cover off the ball, but not getting really any hits to show for it. That's random. Like there was a lot, and you don't want to you don't want to respond to randomness, but you do want to respond to things that matter. And again, that's that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at right now. Love to hear from you. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Uh, that's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. We will continue to go back through what just happened to the Cardinals when they get swept by the Phillies in a two-game series. We'll do that next as we continue on. It's Sports Open Line on a Tuesday night on KMOX. Sunday, the Chiefs entertain the Bills at Arrowhead. And you can hear the game here. Touchdown, Kansas City! Kickoff 325, the Chiefs, the Bills. Sunday, on your home for Chiefs football. KMOX. Kmox. 
Continuing on with Sports Open Line here on a Tuesday evening. My name is Matt Pauley, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also uh, tweet into the program. A little bit of breaking news when it comes to what's going on in the playoffs. With two outs in the ninth inning, Jordan Alvarez hitting a three-run home run for the Houston Astros, and they get a walk-off come-from-behind win as uh, they score a bunch of runs late, and the Astros beat the Mariners by an 8-7 score. So a pretty uh, surprising, not surprising, but just a a shocking finish with the two outs and the way that whole thing uh, ended up going down. Almost happened the same way with the Phillies and the Braves. The Phillies had a huge lead early, and the Braves scored three runs in the ninth to get back within one. But the Phillies were able to uh, hold on, where the Mariners were unable to hold on today. Two more games coming up uh, later on this evening in the National League, Padres and Dodgers in L.A. and the American League, Guardians and Yankees in New York. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Let's get to our first phone call of the program. KC has been uh, patiently holding. Hey, KC, you're on Sports Open Line. Yeah, how you doing this evening? Doing good. We all know that uh, athletes, for whatever reason, are peculiar people, and things are going good. They follow the same routine, so hopefully uh, it will continue. And, I, and we all know that uh, for the last uh, few years, uh, this Cardinals team has not showed up in the postseason as far as hitting goes. Uh, the pitching has been sort of like carrying this team for quite a while, but the hitting has not uh, done what they were supposed to do. I'm wondering, do you think that it's gotten to these guys' head psychologically that they just know that for some reason that they're not going to do well in the postseason and uh, they just don't perform well. So I, I just wanted your opinion on that. Yeah, Casey, I appreciate the phone call. I don't, I, I don't, these, you don't get to this point as a professional athlete uh, without being mentally tough where that doesn't come in. And a lot of people are going to disagree with what I'm about to say. And I think people who do do disagree with me, I completely understand why you disagree with me. Um, I I don't put a whole lot of stock in the playoff failures of the last few years when you connect them because last year you play in a one-game series. It's one game. It's one game. You don't take anything away from one game. And then the year before that is the COVID year. And this is not me carrying water for an organization. I just... I don't I don't take much away. Now this year, this year was was something. It's still just the three game series which can be really random, but it's if if the same thing happens next year, if they if they win the division and they get to the postseason and then all of a sudden they just can't score runs, that's kind of the point where I start going, okay, now this is now this is a trend. I I don't I don't like the idea of talking about it as a trend right now. And again, last year was was a one gamer, and the year before that is the COVID year. Like I just I don't think you put too much stock into anything that happened in those years. So I'm really looking at this Philly series as being um, its own thing. And yeah, it's um, I don't know. I just uh, it's. People are going to say that I'm sitting here making excuses for a team, and I'm not. Uh, I just, again, what 
what do you really learn from a one game series last year? I don't think it's not even a series, it's a one game. I don't think you learn a whole lot. And that's that's where I'm glad I'm not a baseball executive. Because what a baseball executive needs to do is evaluate the team and figure out what needs to be addressed and what doesn't need to be addressed. Like first base does not need to be addressed. Paul Goldschmidt had a horrendous postseason. Horrendous postseason. But first base does not need to be addressed, right? It's we, we know that it was a a fluky slump that Goldschmidt was in after a um after an MVP caliber type season. So first base doesn't need to be addressed. But it's kind of going through each and every deficiency that existed in the postseason and then really trying to evaluate what needs to be addressed and what does not need to be addressed. And I think I think that's a tough thing to do. I think it is a challenging thing to sometimes evaluate what what's real and what isn't real. And you got to do that from a positive side as well. Like let's talk about Lars Newbar. Lars Newbar had a really really good season. But is it something that is sustainable? Can Lars Newbar come back next year and repeat for an entire season essentially what he did for the last 2 months? I personally believe in Newt Barr. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's going to be a big part of this Cardinals team overall. But you're going to hear me talk a lot about track record and baseball, maybe more than any other sport. Baseball track records really matter. And you have to have you got to have guys that do it year in, year out. Because one-hit wonders happen all the time in the sport of baseball. You know that we, we, you know, you compare Lars Newtbar to Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill last year had a really good season. You're kind of counting on him to repeat that this year, and he was unable to do so. Well, last year was really his only really good, put it all together type offensive season. So you look, he doesn't have a long major league career, but you look through his entire career, and he's put it together for one season. I also believe in Tyler O'Neill, and I think who he truly is as a baseball player is a lot closer to what it was last year than what it was this year. But it's just it's it's tough to evaluate those type of situations where somebody regressed, somebody really surged forward, what's real, what can you rely on, what are you going to be able uh, to expect from somebody moving forward. Let's go back to the phones. Chris has given us a call. Hey, Chris, you are on Sports Open Line. Two things, sir. Who do you think is going to leave the Cardinals? And do you think Colton Wong would come back or is he a free agent? So, yeah, appreciate the uh, phone call. First off, on Colton Wong, the Brewers have an option on him. And in in all likelihood, the Brewers are probably not going to pick up that option. So I would expect Wong to probably be a, um, a free agent. As far as players who could potentially become uh, free agents uh, for the Cardinals, you know, Adam Wainwright still has a decision to make. Nolan Arnato has the opportunity to opt out of the contract. Uh, we know for sure, obviously, the two retiring players in Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols, Jose Quintana. I really hope they bring Quintana back. Quintana is going to be a lot more expensive next year than he was uh, this year when they was signed with the Pirates on kind of a prove-it deal. Uh, so he's somebody uh, I I would not expect to see Corey Dickerson back in the organ. Like they've just got so much outfield depth, and I like Corey Dickerson. I just think when you look at the way this team is built and the depth that they have, and the cost control players 
uh, that they have. But a, a lot of guys are going to be back. They're the, the, probably the biggest question right now, and I think Nolan Arnato absolutely is going to be back with the team next year. But because there's that option that he can opt out of the deal, perhaps they do need to work out a new deal with him to keep him in St. Louis. And maybe it turns into technically he opts out. Maybe they're able to work it out ahead of time to uh, to rework his deal. Uh, just talking to him in the being part of the media scrum after the game on Saturday night, he certainly did not sound like somebody who wanted to uh, leave St. Louis. That is for sure. So I would expect him. And you know what? Adam Wainwright had the thing where he said, uh, it doesn't sit well with me that we just played in the postseason and I didn't get to pitch. And he was—he didn't say—and that's a paraphrase. And it wasn't meant in a way that he was like angry at uh, Oliver Marmel. He would have been the game three starter had it gone to a game three. But then he said he went on to say, "Now you can take that one of two ways. You can say that means I'm that much more motivated to come back next year, or maybe that means that I'm ready to uh, to call it a career." I think Wainwright is back next year. I think I think he's got at least one more year left in him. That's a decision he's got to make. He's got a lot of family stuff going on, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, this, the the names that are leaving, like, honestly, if, assuming that Arnado is going to be back, the guy that you probably most want to see back in the, with the team is Jose Quintana because of how good of a job he did. And uh, he made himself a whole lot of money with the way he was able to pitch down the stretch uh, with the Cardinals. All right, uh, we, if you're on hold, we'll get to you uh, coming up later on uh, in the hour, so hang tight if you'd like to. We do need to take a break because up next we'll talk uh, Cardinals baseball with Rob Raines, get his thoughts on the end of the season. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yanier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Continuing on on a Tuesday night, it is our first show since the end of the Cardinals season on Saturday night when they get swept by the Phillies in the best of three series. If you're on hold, we'll get to your phone calls coming up in just a bit. But right now, we're very happy to welcome back onto the program. He covers the Cardinals for stlsportspage.com. He is Rob Raines. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Raines. Rob, thanks so much uh, for the time. How are you? Uh, my pleasure. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How surprised were you with the way, may, maybe not so much the Cardinals losing the series, but just kind of in yeah. the, the fashion that that series went down? Well, nobody would have told you they would have lost the first game the way they did because it's never happened before. So that's that's number one. So yeah, and it, you know, then then I I was worried about Noah. I mean, I thought those two pitching matchups were not in the Cardinals' favor. You know, just because how good Wheeler and Noah Noah are and how good starting pitching is. You know, I had a premium in the in the postseason and runs are at a premium, and it just it just kind of what didn't didn't go their way. It was a it was a really tough matchup. I mean, I was kind of worried about no matter who they played in that first round, even though the Cardinals had those two games at home. And as it turned out, you know, it looked like the visiting teams had the, had the edge, you know, the three of the four teams in that wild card series, you know, the visiting teams won. So, and then you got, you know, the Phillies beating the Braves today. So it's, it's, you know, I think it's good for baseball. I'm bad for St. Louis, bad for Cardinals fans, but I think it was, it's been an exciting postseason so far. We're off to a great start. A best of three series is really tough. And it goes to what you were just talking about. If they wouldn't have faced the Phillies, they would have faced the Brewers and the Brewers could have, run out their Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. So it feels like if if you're a team that doesn't have a whole lot of starting pitching depth, but you've got some high-end starting pitching at the top of your rotation, you can benefit of that in that three-game series. 
Yeah, you definitely can. And then, of course, you saw Scherzer get lit up by the uh, by the Padres, you know, in their first game. So that's always – you can have the matchup you want, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, that's part of the beauty of baseball is that you never know what's going to happen or how things are going to unfold. And every night you go there, especially in the postseason, you got a chance to see something that you've never seen before. And we saw that in, in St. Louis. I really think if the Cardinals had hung on and won that first game that, you know, they'd still be playing. That they would, you know, obviously it's a, not a great – comment, you know, because they already had one of the two wins they needed, but I just think that they would have won, probably gone to game three, but I think they could have pulled out that series, but that's how important that, that first game was and how, uh, you know, really upsetting it was that they let that game get away from them. I, I pause before I ask this question because I've I've talked about it so much, starting with the post game on, on Friday night, but did you have any issues with the way the ninth inning was managed by Ali Marmel in game one? Well, I think the problem started earlier in the game. I, I was, I really, I mean, I understand the logic, I understand the the rationale behind it, but the way Quintana was pitching at that point, just be, even though they have you know two right-handed batters coming up, I I would left would would have left him in the game, and I think that just started the the rest of the thing kind of unraveled a little bit because of because of that decision. You know, even though that decision worked because they got out, you know Hicks got the next few guys out and they got out of the inning, so that's I would start my questioning there. But the second. You know, and, and obviously it's it's you know hindsight. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. If it had worked, nobody would have said anything. But but the way that we didn't know for sure how good Helsley was feeling, how, what the problems were with that finger, I I would my own opinion is that it was tough to ask him to pitch five outs to do two innings. You know, I think if you would have figured out where. Where's the most valuable outs? Is it in the eighth inning? Okay, pitch him then. If it's in the ninth inning, pitch him then. But don't ask him to go out and try to pitch two innings when you don't know what exactly what the status of the finger injury is. Rob Raines continues to join us uh, recently at stlsportspage.com. You put together the 10 biggest questions going into this offseason, and your number one question is whether or not Nolan Arnato is going to stay. He has the opportunity to opt out. He's worth a lot more on the free market than what his contract currently uh, is going to pay him. He also says all the right things about wanting to stay in St. Louis. How are you expecting this whole thing to play out? I expect he's going to stay. I, I think you know. I I think we know the answer to that question, but I think it has to be the most important question because it's it affects everything else that this club's going to do if he does leave, and if he stays, then it, it obviously has a trickle down effect as well on, on what you can and can't do going forward because you know he's going to be in place for you know the next next five years. So my my hunch is, without talking to anybody, without any inside information, is that you have to use that opt out as as leverage. I mean, it's the baseball's a business. Everybody understands that. If he feels like he can get more money, if he's worth more money, but he wants to stay, he has to make that known to the Cardinals. If you want me to stay, you know, I'll stay, but you've got to either, you know, pick up another, add another year on the contract. You've got to raise the, you know, AAV on the contract. You've got to do something to, to make him not exercise that opt-out. So uh, I, I think he's going to stay, but I think there may be some renegotiating of the contract. Arnato hit the ball hard. He was just an incredibly unlucky hitter in the postseason. Paul Goldschmidt did not hit the ball hard. Paul Goldschmidt had a hard time making contact. Paul Goldschmidt swung through middle middle fastballs. Like it was it was so odd watching his slump. Is it just what what's your takeaway on that? I don't even know what question to ask there because we watched the guy put together an MVP season and then we see what he did in the postseason. Yeah, well, and also he did all the regular season in September, too. I mean, it wasn't like this was a two-game slump. Yeah. I mean, he, he hadn't hit very well for the whole month. And he admitted that after the game. He was very honest after the game about how it was 100% on him that, you know, he didn't do his job. If I'd done my job, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't want it. Maybe not both of these games. 
because he certainly had the chances. He came up in all the the right opportunities with guys on base when you know one hit would have made a difference. Not even a home run, just a base hit a couple of times. I, I don't know the answer to that. I wonder if he'll come out later that he was dealing with some kind of an injury that we never knew about. He's not he's not one to make an excuse. He never mentioned that. Uh, but you had to just think something was off. I mean, he's too good of a hitter. He's been too good of a hitter for for too long of his career to really have a, a prolonged stretch like that and just look, you know, totally overmatched. I mean, at the at the plate. I mean, those three striking out three times in the in that game on on Saturday. I mean, that's just not that's not the Paul Goldsmith that we saw for the first five months of the season. The Paul Goldsmith that's probably going to be the NL MVP. It just was, and, and you know, it was a real simple analysis. I mean, you know, going into those those two games, the, you know, we talked about how good the Phillies pitching was, and the Cardinals, you know, starting guys that you weren't one hundred percent sure how they would do in those games. If Goldschmidt and Arenado didn't hit, you knew they were going to have a tough time winning, and that's exactly what happened. It's it's a tough way to see the careers of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina come to an end, just in the sense that. It was such a special year, and it felt like something magical was going to happen. They didn't have to win the World Series. Maybe they didn't even have to go to the NLCS. But to get swept in the wild card series, it really left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouths, specifically to Pujols and Molina. Yeah, and I, it's just the, the postseason is so random. You know, a team can get hot and can can win. That you know, well, we've seen it happen with the Cardinals that they you know didn't win the division and yeah, you know, get in as a wild card team and, and win. Now I know it's probably they've tried to create a, a situation where the division champions have more of an edge because we're getting those games at home and one of them does have to play in the wild card round. But it's just I I never count on anything to happen in a in a postseason because you just never know what one fluky thing here or there can make all the difference. As I say, you never would have predicted that, that ninth inning would unfold the way it did on the first game on Friday. So I, I don't have that reaction. I mean, to, I think Pools and Molina had great careers. They ended on, they got a base hit, their last at bats, you know, uh, Pools hitting a home run his last regular season at bat at Bush Stadium. I think they're, you know, they're Hall of Fame players who had great careers and okay, they didn't get any postseason magic their last year, but you know, the two World Series, they celebrated two World Series champions in their career. A lot of great players don't even get that, you know. So. All right, so let's get to the randomness of the postseason because there are a lot of people out there that are really taking issue with the Cardinals' recent postseason lack of success. Yeah. But when you take a step back, last year's a one-game playoff. The year before is the COVID year. I think we all know that nothing from that year really means much of anything. So I think it's easy to kind of look at the lack of success in recent years, but I also feel like when you take a step back, it's it. I, I don't know what it really means. It means that you weren't very lucky. Which yeah. kind of what it means because they had, like we said, they had chances to get hits in these both two games. They had chances to win that game in Los Angeles last year. Didn't get the hit when they needed it. What were they? I, I don't remember the stat off the top of my head, but they were like over eleven or over twelve or something like that with runners in scoring position in that game. So they certainly had a lot of chances to win that game. You know, it's it's just I think is it 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 puts the what happens in the postseason is is and Wainwright said this the other night he said it just hitting is hard and winning is hard and it's just almost impossible to win you have to be very lucky you have to have everything go your way and some you know how many times have we seen the team you know with the best record in baseball doesn't even get to the World Series that, that had the best record during the regular season so. You know, I think I think you just have to get on a hot streak. You have to get some players contributing who maybe you didn't necessarily expect. You have to think you have to have your best players play their best, uh, whether it's pitchers or position players. And you know, if that you know get lucky, maybe on somebody getting upset, that so you don't have to play, you know, 
uh, now maybe the Dodgers get a break because the Padres beat the Mets. Now it won't be a break if the Padres beat them too, but maybe because they didn't have to play the Mets in the division series, that helps them get to the next round. You know, so it's just all those kind of things that says have to kind of fall into place. Last thing for you from an outside perspective, from bringing in either a free agent or, or using a trade chip, what's a piece that you really want to see the Cardinals add that you think that would help them for next year? Well, I think the one position, and we, I wrote about this in that the column that you alluded to, is the one position where you definitely can see there be a need for an offensive upgrade is catcher. You know, I mean, the, the Cardinals catchers, whether it was Molina or Kisner or, or Herrera, they all struggled offensively this year. And they always said they were committed to Kisner and Herrera going forward as the, the replacements for Yachty. But, you know, there's some guys out there. Wilson Contreras is one. It could cost a lot of money but as a free agent. But maybe you go that, that route. Maybe you try to trade for somebody like Sean Murphy. But I think there is a they're going to probably bring in at least one veteran catcher, even if he's only going to be a backup, just to kind of help, uh, help kind of that situation a little bit. Otherwise, I mean, I think you just have to count on on these young guys getting better. I mean, you have to count on, you know, the nucleus of the next club going forward. It's going to be Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, Joe Carlson, Jordan Walker is going to be here next year. I mean, you got a guy, you know, and nobody, nobody talks about it, who led the minor leagues in home runs this year in 30, with 39, and Moises Gomez, who could be a DH or a part-time outfielder for you going forward next year. So maybe they go, you know, that route. Right? It's going to be interesting to see, you know, they, what, what direction they go. But I think, you know, some kind of help a catcher, probably a, a backup infielder if you think that DeYoung is not coming back, and then, you know, see what you can do about in the bullpen. Maybe another left-hander for the veteran left-hander for the bullpen. That's I don't think it's going to be a tremendously newsworthy um, winner in San Luis. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of changes to the coaching staff simply because of the fact that, you know, Ollie kind of inherited all the coaches on that team last year other than Skip from um, from Mike Schultz's staff. So maybe they'll let him get a couple of guys that he wants to bring in on, on you know, guys that he has a relationship with. So there'll be a lot of news going on, but I just don't see him going out and making that blockbuster move that some of the fans usually want. That could, but I, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Last thing for you, and excuse my ignorance on this, I, I could certainly try to look it up, but I'm, off the top of my head I was thinking about this because they're, the Cubs are going to do the qualifying offer for Wilson Contreras. Have the Cardinals ever signed somebody who they had to give the qualifying offer uh, draft pick to? Have they done that? I think so. Wasn't Dexter Fowler? Didn't he require compensation? Yeah, yeah I think you're I think, right. I think I think he was the last one. Yeah, I so, don't know how many times they've done that in the past. And they have changed some of those rules. So I'm not sure whether it's necessarily a first round draft pick or like a uh, it's some kind of a high pick. But I know the new CBA, you know, did you know because they didn't get an agreement on the international draft does does still reward, you know reward teams that uh, that don't sign. They're, that at least we're qualifying offer to a player and don't sign him, uh, they go to another team. They do get some kind of a draft pick compensation, but I haven't done the exact math and looked at the new CBA to figure out exactly which round pick that would be. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on there. Well, Rob, we really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully we can continue to catch up with you over the course uh, of the off season. and encourage everybody to be uh, checking out uh, your work at uh, stlsportspage.com. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, very good. There's Rob Raines joining us here on Sports Open Line. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. We've had some very patient holders. We'll get to you coming up in just a moment, continuing our Cardinals postmortem on a Tuesday night at Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. Our first program since the season ended. We're kind of doing a full Cardinals postmortem, giving you an opportunity to give your thoughts on 
What the heck happened? As the Cardinals got swept by the Philadelphia Phillies. 314-436-7900. The most patient man in the world is Paul because he has been holding for a really long time. Hey, Paul, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, Matt. Thank you for the call. Yep. Hey, um, three points, if I may. Sure. First one is I'm not a fan of the new postseason uh, wild card series. And I would say this even if the Cardinals had pulled it through. Uh, I don't think it's fair that the uh, third division, the lowest of the, uh, you know, the three, if you win the division, you should be allowed to have that, that buy. However, the buys are kind of scary, as you mentioned earlier. My second point is, is that uh, there were many issues and faults for us losing this postseason. Uh, you can't blame the manager. You can't blame coaches. You can't blame, you know, hitters. You blame everybody. I mean, it was defense, offense. There was all kinds of issues. And uh, to, to just try to single out certain people or certain individuals or managers and coaches is not fair. My third point is, as a uh, fan of the Cardinals, I'm 54. I've been a fan since I was five years old. You know, uh, obviously I don't remember 67 and 68, but uh, we did not have another World Series appearance until 1982, which we won. Uh, the Cardinals were considered the team of the decade in the 80s. But we only won one of the three World Series we went to. Uh, same kind of thing can be said in the, you know, the 2000s, uh, 2004, 2006, uh, not, you know, 2011. You know, the Cardinals are fortunate. Other than the Yankees, no one else has as many rings as we do. I mean, the Yankees have 27, we have 11. And it irritates me when Cardinal fans – act like we should win every year and, and can't get beside themselves to figure out that a lot of it's luck. It really is. Paul, it's, it's a lot luck. And I think, I think you make some really good points and we certainly appreciate your phone call. Um, yeah, you. it's uh, the, po- the, the baseball postseason is so fluky. It's so fluky. And you see it that this is why the, I've been trying to decide how I feel about the the postseason format because I think the the point that Paul made about it doesn't really seem fair that two of the division winners get a first round bye and one doesn't, uh, but you still you know, there's there's very little difference between being the third division winner and the top wild card outside of the team that you're going to be playing against, but. There's not a whole lot of difference between whoever's going to be the sixth seed and whoever's going to be the five seed uh, in in the playoffs. So what what advantage are you really getting as the division winner versus a team that gets the top wild card? And I guess you can say, well, if you get the top wild card, then you're the you're you're the team with the best record that did not win a division. So you need to be um, you you need to get something for that. Like, I don't know. I'd like to see them, you know, tweak it again. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like buys. It's the baseball postseason. I don't think you should have buys in the pace in the postseason. Like everybody should be playing if you're going to have multiple game series. And you, we could talk about the Mets as being the top wild card. The Mets had a better record than the Cardinals, so there's going to be people out there that try to make the argument that uh, the Mets should have been in a better playoff spot than the Cardinals were, but the Cardinals won the division, so they get put in, in that top spot. I I don't think they have it down yet. The owners wanted more playoff teams in there and only one team getting a bye. That's something that could still potentially happen at some point in time, but I'm with Paul. I don't like the format the way it is right now. I feel like it certainly does need to be tweaked. One hour down, one to go. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX.